Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Have you thought about starting your own podcast? Well, we here at Real Dudes use Podbean for all of our podcasting needs. So feel free to go to podbean.com and use promo code RDP to get your first 30 days free. Again, that's promo code RDP to get your very own podcast started. Another episode of Real Dudes Podcast. Uh, I am Kyle, one of your co-hosts, and with me I've got uh, the wonderful and amazing and always enthusiastic Carrington. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and the real-life Stardew Valier, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Here, present accounted for. Yeah. Fresh out of the field. <laughs> and uh. so this episode... Uh, well, really, it's an interview is um, real special. We've got with us uh, an awesome guest, uh, and I'll go ahead and introduce him. Uh, he is a journalist, a gamer, uh, I guess you'd say a podcaster. He is uh, probably holds the highest score for uh, Kung Fu uh, High uh, Impact <laughs> <laughs> for the Connect, uh, and uh, works with the Game Informer. We have Kyle Hilliard with us. Kyle, hey. how are you doing? It's not going to be confusing with two Kyles, probably. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, yeah, you're probably right about that. Was it Kung Fu High Impact? I think. So, yeah, I think. It's- yeah, I think I probably have the high score on that. We can we can lock that in. Maybe and- I don't know. <laughs> I'll go ahead and give it to you. I mean, it is documented on video. That's true. Yeah, we need to play more of that game. Actually, I, we should super replay it. I'd have to like train for like you know a, a week, <laughs> like a month beforehand to actually yeah. do it. Though. I mean, you could just. Cut out all workout altogether and just consider that as your daily workout. It's like true. You, you actually do that, though. You definitely need to like record a montage that shows you <laughs> training for it. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, totally. I, I'd be up for it. Uh, yeah. Someday, maybe. We'll see. So like Eye of the Tiger or something, you know, one of the classics. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man. Uh, super excited to have you on here. Um, yeah, and I, I've been so punctual. I've been really good. You know, you sent me a message, and I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then we did it right away, and yeah. it's been super, super quick. I tell you what, man, you are <laughs> – like, I messaged you this morning, and you're like, let's do it tonight. Yeah. <laughs> and by this morning, of course, you mean, gosh, like, maybe last year. I don't yeah, know. something I'm, like that. I'm I think sorry it's taken so year. long to do this. No, no. I really apologize. No, no, you're – I'm like, here. Like, you're fine, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just – pleasure to have you on here i want to get dig into your head a little bit and talk to you about uh history of gaming with you and how you got involved with the industry and stuff and sure yeah um Um, yeah i mean i I, yeah go ahead ask me a question and i'll give you an answer fire away what is uh (laughs) give me your top five favorite game i'm just kidding that's all the side actually because of all our top 300 stuff oh yeah 
But did you agree, though? That's the thing. Well, we had our personal ones, too. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I no comment on whether I agree with our final list, but <laughs> no, it's a good list. I, there's a lot of, I agree with it, but it's a list. So of course there are things that I'm like, that's absurd. So maybe like before getting into, uh, uh, your current, uh, job with game informer, uh, let's, let's get into earlier Kyle days. Sure. What, uh, so for you as a gamer, like what was your earliest memory playing video games? Yeah, that that's a that's a good question because it is weird. I I have like a really vague vague memory of playing Super Mario Brothers like at a friend's house on an NES. Uh, but it's like one of those just like misty, weird. Was that a dream? Memories. I remember not understanding that I had to press the button to jump over the gap, and like just running into the hole a couple of times. Um, but then, so then I have that. Um, but then also, but then after that. Uh, I think my it was my older brother who's about three years older than me. He got a Game Boy uh, for his birthday one year with Tetris and um, Super Mario Brothers 2, six golden coins. So that is kind of like what I consider my starting line was like taking my brother's Game Boy and playing a lot of six golden coins and and, and not really understanding Tetris at first. But once I once I figured it out, it, it clicked like I was probably I'm talking like. Excuse me, I'm talking uh, like just like this is like late kindergarten, first grade. I think might have been second or third, but uh, so I was, yeah, I was, I was pretty young, but that's, those are my sort of early gaming memories for sure. Okay. Not like growing up through your teenage years, were there any games that stood out to you that, that kind of hold a place in your heart uh, as you know, your one of like your favorite games? Like uh, for me, I know PlayStation uh, Legend of Dragon and Legend of League I were the first JRPGs that I played and those games are special to me. Is there anything that's similar to that, you know, that's close to you? Oh, for sure. Like, I, so, I, like, uh, I, I skipped the, I never had an NES. We had a Game Boy. had a Super Nintendo, and I loved Mega Man X. Um, Mega Man X is the one that really sticks to me. That's the one I would play over and over. And Yoshi's mm-hmm. Island 2, I actually never really got into the original Super Mario World in a weird way. Okay. Um, and so that, and, and you know, I really loved those games, and I played it a lot. But it wasn't until the 64 era that uh, when I played Ocarina of Time, that really made me recognize games as like a new medium of entertainment that I was really excited about. Like I, I wouldn't be pursuing a career in video games or writing about video games if not for Ocarina of Time, like 100 percent. Good choice. (laughs) (laughs) So like talking about your career with video games, how did you get involved with the industry and and journalism, I guess? Yeah, that's that's tricky. I was I was kind of on a just a business trajectory in college for no reason. I was kind of aimless and I just picked that because it seemed good. I was working at GameStop at the time. Like I oh. got a job there like late high school and worked there all through college. I was at GameStop for like seven years. I was like an assistant manager for a while. Um, and then like kind of late in college, I, I kind of swapped over to communications. Like I had that moment where like my, my girlfriend at the time who, uh, this is how this works. She was girlfriend. Then she became a fiance. Then she became a wife. Okay. <laughs> But uh, she she kind of did that thing, which a lot of people go through where she was like, what are you doing? Why, why are you in business school? They're like, do you care about business at all? And I had that thing where I was like, well, I kind of like like writing and sort of like, you know, journalism. I want to write about games. And she kind of sat with me and she's like, then switch your major. What are you doing, you idiot? Um, so and, and then and then kind of like late college, that's when I, I started. I actually like was I started writing for my uh, college newspaper about video games. And I got an internship at like a local arts 
paper, like editing video, actually, because that was another thing. Huh. I really liked video and editing video and like making sketches with my friends and stuff like that. Um, that was like another weird like avenue I was wanted to go down. Like I wrote pilots for TV shows that never came to be and stuff like that. Uh, but um, and you know when I was working, I was interning at that that uh, that art newspaper, that like local arts newspaper, and I basically was like, "Hey, I'm doing this thing for you guys. You know, I'm making videos, but do you mind if I like write some like video game reviews and you guys post them on your site?" And they're like, "Sure, intern, go ahead." So I, I took advantage of that, and then. And then, you know, I was, I was still working. I, how, how deep do you guys want me to go on this? Do you want me to go like through the beat by beat hey, history? I feel like I'm talking too much. No, 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 no. Just keep going. As deep as you want. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Let's go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, right? So, I, so I, was still working, I was working at GameStop and um, just to get through college. Like that was my college job. That's what I was paying my rent and stuff like that. And um, I, I, I graduated college and I got a job at the uh, – this is Charleston, South Carolina – I worked for like five newspapers. I wasn't writing. What I was doing is I was taking the stories that editors had written for the printed newspaper and I was putting them online. That was like my job was just copy pasting uh, written news stories onto these like websites for these five local small town newspapers. Like they were just kind of getting into having a website and I was managing their websites. It was, it was kind of a strange job. Um, and it was also uh, not a lot of work, it turns out, to just copy-paste things into a website. So I had a lot of free time where I was just doing freelance writing, writing for free, writing about video games for blogs, uh, because it made me look like I was really doing, you know, I was being very busy at work, but really ultimately I was just like writing about video games. Like I would just copy-paste news stories into these websites for like the first two or three hours of the day and then, you know, write about video games the rest of the day. And with that, I was able to build up like a big portfolio of just writing. Like I wrote for anyone. I remember I went to Metacritic and I looked at they had a list of sites that contribute review scores to Metacritic. And I literally went to every single one of those sites because it's a big list. And if they had a contact email address, I emailed them asking if I could write for them. And like, you know, I got, I don't know, like 20 percent of them replied to me. But that was enough for me to be writing for like six or seven sites. And I, I did a couple things for like Games Radar, and they paid me. But mostly everybody else, I was just like writing. They would send me copies of games or codes, or I would just write for free, just because I, that's just really what I wanted to do. And then um, what that what that afforded me is just like a huge portfolio. I had a big portfolio of stuff to take to Game Informer when they had an opening, and that's and that's kind of how I landed a Game Informer in a very long winded way. <laughs> very nice very nice so like because so you worked at GameStop and that relationship that Game Informer and GameStop have yeah. were you a fan of Game Informer bef uh, before working there yeah oh yeah big time like I mean that was that was an exciting day working at the store when when the issues would come in I was yeah I was a subscriber and a reader for sure the one thing before I started there the video content wasn't something I really watched I didn't watch replay or um Listen to the Game Informer show with Matt Helgeson at the time. But like the magazine, I, I absolutely re read like cover to cover pretty much every month. I remember reading Dan Reichert's like L.A. Noir story and stuff like that and, and thinking it was awesome. So, yeah, yeah, I was I was I was a fan of Game Informer for sure. And then now that you're at Game Informer and you've been there for quite a few years now, is there an, an avenue within the industry that you enjoy working with the most, whether it be journalism, uh, recording the podcast, attending live events, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, that, that's tough. I mean, like, there's, I kind of 
love them all equally in different ways. Like I, I video is a lot of fun. Like I'm kind of like I, I lean more and more into video lately just because I, I, mm-hmm. I that's, you know, to a certain degree, that's kind of the future of, you know, online content creation. And I, I want to learn more about it. And I do I have a little bit of background in editing video and stuff like that. So I enjoy that. But like it is incredibly satisfying to you know, go to a studio and write a big story about that and then see that in the magazine. Like that's, that's kind of like the most uh, rewarding, I would say is even though it's like the most work, it is the most difficult. It's Mm -hmm. the most time consuming. It's also the one where you like, I really feel like I get the most out of it probably is, is writing big stories for the printed magazine. Very nice. Very nice. So when you do like video stuff, um, how much input do you have over it as opposed to like someone like Ben Henson or Leo Vader when they do their, since they're the video editors there, like, do you guys are able to work together? And when, when you guys, uh, when you're, when you do your, um, have your ideas and stuff like that? Uh, yeah. I mean, it depends. Like I, it's definitely like their sort of domain, Hanson and Leo for sure. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're both like super open to trying new things and trying out weird things. And like, I just, I always like just kind of go to them for like, is it, is this like not even like necessarily like I have an idea we should do this. It's more like, is this a good idea? Is this funny? Is this interesting? And then we like, we're all very, you know, we have meetings every morning where we kind of discuss these sort of features and how they're going to come together and stuff like that. So there's, there's definitely opportunity to, to come up with ideas and, and deliver ideas for sure. But like, especially in the video front, like it's, it's a lot of it is going to fall on the shoulders of Ben and Leo, you know, cause they, they do all the shooting, right. they do all the editing. I, I can help a little bit, but they're still the, you know, the main guys for that stuff. So, so there is a certain degree of like, I have this great idea. And they're like, well, here's the amount of work it's going to take mm-hmm. me to execute your idea. And we <laughs> have to be respectful of that, you know? No, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so, uh, now looking back so far, what has been the most exciting thing about working at Game Informer? <laughs> Man, that's tough. I, <laughs> <laughs> like it's still like even like coming up on six or seven years i still kind of feel like i won like a contest or something it's like yeah go work mm-hmm. at game informer uh <laughs> but like i do remember like like my first day i'll always remember uh like matt cotto coming up to me and be like hey we had an opportunity to do this interview i i don't know if you want to do it do you know who jordan mechner is and i was like <laughs> I was like, yeah, of course I know Jordan Mechner is. Like, Prince of Persia, are you kidding me? Yeah, I know Jordan Mechner is. And Kato's like, well, yeah, here, you can talk to him if you want here. He's going to call you at this time. And I remember just being, like, flabbergasted. I was like, man, this is day-to-day here? Like, we're just getting phone calls from, like, legendary game developers to just chat on the phone with them for a while? So, like, I'll, I'll always remember that, like, just the chance. Because I love Prince of Persia Sands of Time. Like, I love that game. That's, like, that's up there for me for sure. So, like, the chance to talk to Mechner for a while was awesome. But, but as far as, like, the... Like long term stuff, like uh, I I wrote the cover story for Breath of the Wild, uh, which was awesome. Like a mm-hmm. big Zelda fan, so that was like a that was like a that that was I I have the poster for the cover like over my desk. Like that was that's a that was a big deal for me uh, to be able to do that and to talk to Onuma about it and talk to Miyamoto about it a little bit and stuff like that. And then also um, recently, I got a chance to go to uh, Game Freak um, to visit their studio and talk about the history of Pokemon, which was really awesome because they don't they don't. Uh, I think they're they're kind of opening up their doors a little bit more, but uh, up until mm-hmm. that point, which I guess was last year, they really hadn't invited a lot of American journalists to come check out the studio. So to be able to walk around Game Freak, uh, you know, uh, with Masuda Junichi Masuda, who's like the producer of Pokemon as our tour guide, was awesome. It was like super exciting. And then we got to the the story that resulted of it was just a, a history of the whole series was was really awesome. 
I was uh I was gonna say that that story itself was one of my favorites. It definitely helped me Thanks, man. Uh, through a uh, time when I was transitioning jobs, and in between jobs, I just I had to work at a call center for a month, and I had nothing to do but to talk to people and uh, read your guys' magazine, other magazines. But that that article itself was just it was so good. Well, just, I'm, I'm glad it was helpful for you, man. Like that, that's yeah. great. That's good to hear. It's also good to hear that uh, someone read it. That's always nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We still read from time to time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always that thing when you when you put stuff out in print, you're like, people are reading this, right? People are seeing this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It seems oh, like for they sure. Are. Yeah. <laughs> now, when you visited Game Freak, what's one thing you remember like the most? Like, uh, like maybe there was like a statue, or maybe a picture, or just uh, an office that just stood out to you. Anything that stood out to you visiting that office? Because I'm very curious. Because we're all been Pokemon fans, I'm sure, since we were like kids. Yeah. It's it's a pretty sterile office. If you read the story, you, you know they have like really weird meeting rooms. Like those are the strangest mm-hmm. things about the office. They have one that's like like jungle themed with all kinds of foliage, and they have one that's like decorated to be like a little girl's bedroom. It's like a lot of pink and like a chandelier and stuff. But I, one of the they don't have a lot of big statues. They did have like a lot of small like figures. They had glass cases like mm-hmm. with every Pokemon, and there was a couple funny moments where Masuda was kind of like. I think we have every Pokemon in there. I, I'm not really sure. There's like 700 of these things now, which I thought was funny. They also had like a really cool Drill Dozer figure. I love Drill Dozer, um, and so and I've never I've never seen a Drill Dozer figure or statue. Mm-hmm. That game did not uh, become big enough in the United States to kind of merit anything like that. So that was cool. But uh, one thing, uh, the, one of the things I'll always remember from that trip is uh, he was showing us around and he showed us the the studio where he you know does all the the music. Masuda is one of the composers for the game. And they had a keyboard in there, and he sat down at the keyboard, and he just kind of started playing. He wasn't really playing anything. He was just kind of pantomiming, playing. And he stood up and walked up, and he said something in Japanese. And our translator was like, oh, uh, he, he actually doesn't play keyboard. He was just uh, he was just playing around. <laughs> like, he did all the music. It was just all, like, you know, digital composition. So he was he's not actually, like, a keyboard player. But he went in there and pretended for us that he was playing keyboard, which was really awesome. Um, Masuda is awesome. He was, he was really cool, so... So that was good. So Game Informer has been going on for a long time now, uh, as far as I personally can remember. Um, recently, I think it was founded. So, what well, what what is it? Uh, Ninety one, I think, is when like the first issue. So I would have been, uh, been one. Yep. <laughs> yep. I, yep. I was like <laughs> six or something. Yeah, so give or take. So uh, it's it's been around for a while, and you guys just recently had the three hundred celebration. Uh, at Fulton Brewery. Yeah. How was it for you? Oh, it was it was awesome, man. Like to be to be there for that uh, for that milestone was really exciting. Like uh, to be able to be part. Of, like I remember reading the 200 list, like inhaling that thing and just being like, ah, oh, this is this is crazy. And uh, to be part of the the sort of selection writing process was really awesome. And then and then also to be able to be there, like you know, like for that for that uh that the event at fulton like where it was it was cool to have people come mm-hmm. out and be like yeah like we've it's it's a good reminder that's like yeah this magazine's been around forever and there's an, a built-in audience and it's always super fun to hear andy mcnamara uh editor-in-chief just talk about the history of the magazine because i mean you i forget that he's been doing it forever like yeah. he's been doing it since i was like since i was like a kid you know and it's like it's it's always crazy to remember that you know like that he was like reviewing 
Mega Man X, you know, <laughs> when I was like sitting in my bedroom, like playing it with my brother. And like, it's awesome to get a reminder of that. And that, that's something that we certainly got during that event for sure. Have you, have you gone back and read Game Informer's review for Mega Man X? No, actually, you know what? I haven't actually, which is really weird. I haven't done that. Yeah, because like we have a big, uh, you know, library of every mm-hmm. issue. So it, it would take a little bit of searching, but I, sh- I should go track that down and see what we gave it. Maybe I remember Reiner probably reviewed it at the time. And he, maybe he gave it a bad score. Probably gave it like a 4, 4.5 or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not Mega Man. What the <laughs> That's what Reiner referred to. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty accurate. Uh. Um, so yeah, we, uh, we took a trip from uh, Ohio to Minnesota that weekend for that oh, yeah. uh, little celebration. Did I take your hands at all? Uh, I, pr- I no, can't remember. I, honestly. I don't think I so. I so many people so. that day. Yeah, I don't think so. We kind of about that. If I didn't. Yeah, I would have. Just some people look busy, and I didn't. You know. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, in retrospect, oh. it's always easy to be like, "Oh, you should have come up and said hi." But yeah, I totally get it. Like, it, yeah. there's a million people. It's yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, the coolest thing, like, as far as like me being on, on the other side of the table, is you guys did the live recording. Yeah. That yeah. was so cool. Just, you know, someone who's listened to the podcast since Helgeson and seeing it recorded live was just such such a neat experience for me um, to see you guys get up there and heckle each other and just discuss the top 300 games of all time. Yeah, that was super fun. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that a lot, too. So what was it like for your perspective? Um, that whole because for us, I mean, it seems to be like really awesome and fun, but also really crazy. Um, but what was it like from your perspective, from someone who actually works there and like actually seeing and meeting all the fans and and having a good time and enjoying a few drinks on the side? I I, I mean, it was it was great, man. Like it's to almost like repeat myself. Like it was cool to just mm-hmm. have a reminder that there was like there's an audience of people who read the magazine and enjoy it and people who like listen to the podcast and watch our videos and stuff like that because you know we're kind of insulated sometimes where it's like we read comments and stuff like that but it's 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 so nice to get real people actually giving us some feedback you know and that's and it's 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 always fun to to just like talk to fans and like it's it's a weird thing when someone knows you and recognizes you and just says like hey kyle what's up yeah, uh, you know how it goes, Kyle, and yeah. uh, <laughs> and, and it's and it's it's cool. Like it's 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 just like a nice reminder that's like, oh yeah, like people are are reading this stuff and like they are looking at this content that we're making and enjoying it. Hopefully, you know, hopefully they're not just being polite while they're here and <laughs> actually. <enjoying> it. <laughs> but yeah, it was great, man. It was it was awesome. It was it was it, it's I'm I'm super excited that I I was able to be there during that time. You know, yeah, it's definitely uh. I'd say a huge privilege for you and everyone that's part of the the uh, Game Informer staff. Yeah, for sure. Um, changing gears just a little bit to maybe a more personal side of things. Um, you are a father. Yeah, I remind just, people every every yep. day. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to let you know, just in case you forgot. Uh, <laughs> um, so being involved with the industry and being a dad, uh, is your kid into gaming uh she is i i'm trying really hard to not push it on her but it's also Mm kind of hard because i'm just i get excited about things and i'm like hey well you you want to check out this game with me so i she she does like she's uh she does like games it depends on the games and she likes pokemon a lot which is so weird 
that Pokemon is just this like universal thing that just appeals to every age. I don't know yeah. how that works. It's it's weird. I don't know how they pulled that off. But uh, yeah, she's like on a real big, uh, big, big on Pokemon right now. Like Pokemon cards are still a thing, which I was. Oh really? Surprised. Like she doesn't play the game or anything, but she loves like collecting them. Brian Shea actually gave me like a bunch of uh, like a left like, extra card because he collects card the cards. So mm-hmm. he gave me a big like binder of them to just give to my daughter. And it was like, it was like the best day of her life. That was awesome. like huge binder home, uh, this huge binder home full of Pokemon cards from Brian Shea. And like, so yeah, there's she, and she, you know, she, because of the, just the nature of who her dad is, you know, I, I, she knows Mario and all those characters and, and knows that dad really likes Zelda and stuff like that. But I sort I really don't try to like make her play games or even make her play games. That I think, that she should play if that makes sense you mm-hmm. know like oh yeah the games that i think are classics and stuff like that like i really don't i if, if she wants to find that stuff on her own that's great i i love that but i really don't want to make her be like look we got to sit down and we, we have to play yoshi's island today honey i'm sorry uh, that's just what we have to do it's very important forget the nice weather outside you know it's it's uh it, for me personally it, i've always like battled my head well if your kid likes gaming i mean do you introduce them to the classics or do you just let them play what's out now? Because, I mean, to me, if I were them and you showed me Super Mario Brothers over uh, Odyssey, I'd rather play Odyssey any day. Yeah, and that's fine, you know. Like, yeah, I, I, I like I said, if she can find that stuff on her own. Like, I actually, I have a SNES classic, and I actually put it in her playroom, not as a, not as a means to like, you know, hey, you just kind of snudge it over to her. Yeah, I was like, hey, if you want to check these out sometime, like they're here. It's like an optional thing, you know. But uh, yeah, I, I, you don't, you don't want to force anything on them, you know. Like if even if she was totally uninterested in video games, like just a hundred percent, like I, that'd be totally fine. Like she, you know, my dad wasn't into video games. My mom wasn't into video games. Like she's gonna find her own interests that yeah. you know, don't that I don't connect with and that's fine. I'll, I'll try my best to connect with her on those things, but and I hope she likes video games. Cause I like video games and I'm going to play co-op with somebody, you yeah. know? So, um, does, uh, we'll see, you know, does your wife play? Oh yeah. Yeah. My wife's a huge gamer. Okay. Yeah. I guess that makes it, makes it easy. Yeah. Yeah. At least have somebody to play games with. Well, we, we both play single player games. She oh, okay. Don't play co-op <laughs> it's, it's very strange. I think we played portal two together. And we played Left 4 Dead a fair bit, but otherwise, it's always been we'll play single player games at the same time, like two TVs set up side by side. Nice. It's been our setup for years, like you know, well before kids and stuff like that. But we, but we'd always just play single player games at the same time. We're very strange. So, it, say if you, you're both playing the same game that involves a certain choice that could change the way the game rolls out, you know, to the end. Do you guys end up picking separate choices? Uh, it de- I don't know. It depends. I I, okay. we, I remember we played Mass Effect two simultaneously because that. That game was uh, on two discs, if you guys remember. Yeah, yeah. So oh, like yes. she, yeah. I remember she pl- played first because she's the bigger Mass Effect fan. So and then when she got through the first disc, then I um, took the first disc and she was on to the second disc, you know. And wow. uh, and it was funny because I just kind of had to try to not look at her screen for spoilers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's always a weird thing. And if uh, you're both <laughs> fans of that, then then what did y'all think of that dumpster fire of an ending for three? I, I, dude, I, I, it's fine. I like the ending from Mass Effect Three. I know that it's like everyone likes to crap all over it, but it was fine. It was a good ending. And, and you're not under dur- oh. 
you're not under duress in any way at this moment. Oh, <laughs> you can go back to when the game came out and see editorials that I wrote of telling everyone to chill out and just enjoy yeah. the game. Uh, so sorry, I just I have I still have that hate in my heart. I just can't I can't let it go. Uh, just get get rid of it, man. It was fine. It was a good ending. It was about the journey, not the destination. Come on. Uh, well, I mean, I'll, gr- okay. I'll grant you that the journey was awesome, but I think that's the thing to me is like they had so close tripped at the finish line, man. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah. Like the last, it was like <laughs> that's basically one of those things. Like, and that is how however many years of gaming was ruined in ten minutes. <laughs> but it's not anyway. all about the end. Now, I will ask this Kyle, or Hillier, because um, <laughs> we have two Kyles now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kind of like me and Ryan, um, you know, Andrew and Andrew. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was fun. Um, so, Hilliard, um, as a gaming parent, have you said the lines yet to your daughter, no, don't play outside, play this game instead? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think I have. I, I, I okay, have never, okay. I don't, I've never kicked her out of the house either to go play outside, I don't think. <laughs> Okay. We're also I had Minnesota, to ask. So we only have about two weeks of like nice outside weather. <laughs> She's like, yeah, it's true. Thirty below. I don't care. Go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. uh, we were. We have a friend of ours who uh, is a gamer and has a kid, and he he has said those lines to his kid at least once or twice <laughs> now. But he's like, she's six, and he's just like, well, it's time for you to play Pokemon that I got you. <laughs> just play it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't put so it past not, myself to say those words, but I haven't yet. Okay. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. We'll yeah, see. Yeah. Fair enough. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit and just um, kind of go back to the the industry in itself. Um, what is your relationship with other gaming journalists, if you have any at all, um, outside of Game Informer, uh, such as like IGN and GameSpot and all those other guys? Sure. Yeah. I mean, we're all friendly. You know, like we are, we are all often in the same place covering the same thing. So we all get along, mm-hmm. you know, and we have like people who, uh, I, you know, I have friends at other um, outlets, you know, who I worked with at Game Informer. Like, you know, I worked with Dan Riker for a long time who went yeah. on to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's a giant bomb now. And then I like we even had uh, Mike Mahardy at GameSpot. He was an intern at uh, Game Informer for a while. So I'm, I'm good friends with him. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm fans of all those people at other outlets, you know, like I. I, we definitely get along for sure. Like it, it's, it's hard to treat them as competition, which they are ultimately, but like right. we all get along and we all like games. So, so we're all, we, we're all friends, you know? Yeah. That's just something I've always wondered. Yeah. Um, just from the aspect, cause you guys are competition, but you know, you guys don't seem that way. Um, at least, uh, either on Twitter, you know, social media and all that stuff. But I, it was just something I was curious about. No, it's, it's a good question, but I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we all, yeah, like I said, we're we're all kind of big video game fans. We all like are passionate enough to like try to pursue these careers and running about games. So it's so we automatically have that in common. <laughs> so it's it's hard to really, like it's super rare that you find anyone having ill will towards one another because we all we all like video games. We all like talking about video games. So so you're telling me the day that Dan left Game Informer, you guys didn't become mortal enemies? Ah, uh, no. We thought about it. We really yeah. thought about it. That didn't happen. So you said you're from South Carolina, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what was the switch like going from South Carolina to Minnesota as far as the weather is concerned? Oh, well, it's, it, well, here's the thing. So I actually was born in Rhode Island, you know, which is a pretty cold state. And I moved to South mm-hmm. Carolina when I was like nine. Uh, so I, I'm not I'm not like ultimately from South Carolina, but that's where I grew up. 
I was there since nine years old, you know, and then like I didn't leave until after until I got the job at Game Informer. Uh, but mm-hmm. I always hated the heat and humidity in South Carolina. I was never a fan. I would I'll take the cold over over the South Carolina heat any day. So it, it had it was a it was a crazy transition, like for sure. But it was like a transition I wanted. Like I wanted to be somewhere colder. I I do I I cannot I hate the humidity. Like I I never got along with the heat at all. So I it, it, it was it's tough. It was it was tough, but like I I was happy to do it easily. Nice, very yeah. nice. So now now that you now that we know you hate the heat and E three's coming up, <laughs> uh, <laughs> how do you stand that heat then? Uh, it's still not as bad as South Carolina. Like it's, it's, oh, it's really? dry heat. Yeah, yeah, okay, dry okay. heat. Like South Carolina, like just feels like you're walking into a sauna in the middle of the summer. It's awful. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's as far as the weather goes in Los Angeles. That's fine. I mean, yeah, it's hot, but you know, E three's inside mostly. So <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Speaking of E3, uh, what is uh, what do you look forward to the most this year at E3? This year, I so there's a couple things like I don't they haven't talked about if they're going to be there. I don't think they're going to be there. But I really want to know what Rocksteady is up to the Batman mm-hmm. Arkham uh, developers. Mm-hmm. I love the Arkham games, and it seems like they're after Arkham Knight. It seems like they're kind of on a trajectory to maybe do something totally new. And I would love to learn what that is. I I, I don't. I don't think they're going to be at E3, but that's kind of like my pie in the sky. I want to learn what they're doing. Something new regarding like a new superhero series. I don't know. Like I have no clue. Okay. I, I, I kind of hope for their sake that it's something totally original, you know, okay. like, yeah. I think that'd be exciting. Um, Cause I think those guys are masters. Um, but I'm always excited for Nintendo. Uh, I, I don't know if they're going to go much beyond smash brothers this year, but That'll be really exciting, and and then the other sort of odd one that I'm really I really want to know more about is Ghosts of uh, Tsushima, because I love Sucker Punch, uh, I love the Infamous games and the Sly Cooper games, so I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. To, I hope that they just give it like a, a nice lengthy gameplay demo of that. I want to see what that game is and what it looks like and how it works. And uh, Death Stranding, I love Metal Gear oh, yeah. Solid, love Hideo Kojima, oh, yeah. uh, I love the way those trailers make me feel. If that makes sense, like. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I don't understand them, but they like make me feel uncomfortable in a weird way. Yeah. You know, like, like, like what's like, going like, on? Yeah, it's almost like like I I love uh, Inside. I love Play Dead and Limbo and stuff like that. I love those games. <laughs> For the and once, I, it wasn't me mentioning it. Yeah, and I feel I feel like yeah. when I'm watching those Death Stranding trailers, I'm watching a big budget version of like a trippy Inside yeah. in a weird way. You know, it's just like weird and creepy, and I don't really understand it. So whatever, whatever. Death Stranding is going to be at E3. I'm really excited to see what that is. I will say personally, I've never played a Metal Gear Solid game, but when the trailer for Death Stranding came out, I'm like, I'm going to go check out Metal Gear Solid now. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I see why people love this series so much. So I'm excited to see what Kojima will do this year at E3. Hopefully he's there with Death Stranding. Yeah, I mean, well, Sony has said that they're going to, because they're going to focus on Death Stranding, Tsushima, Spider-Man, and um, uh, Last of Us 2. Like they said that those are going to be their four big pillars for E3. So we'll see something for, for Death Stranding for sure. Which uh, which Metal Gear did you did you go all the way back to one or did you? Uh... I actually started with five because it was on sale on Steam because my brother okay. was just like, Carrington, you have to check out five. You have to. I'm like, uh, OK, I've never played Metal Gear before. And so 
yeah. So yeah, I uh, started with five. Yeah, it's, it's still a in the great middle game. of it, but I'm loving it so far. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah a, I love it so as far. As far as like the broader story goes, it's a weird. It's a, it's probably not the best place to start, but it's so good. Like you'll be fine. Like it's a great game, and that's all that matters, you know. Yeah, exactly. Eventually, I'll go back and play, you know, like Twin Snakes and all that stuff. But yeah. uh, I started with five. Yeah. Good choice. Thank you. Thank you. What um, do you? Ha- go I ahead. Just say it real quick. What do you think of the chances of play that bringing something out this year? Hmm. I don't. I, so they have that. They have. They've had two teaser images. Yeah. Uh, one they released on Twitter, uh, and then one was at GDC. They gave away postcards like that. They're hiring, and on that postcard was like another teaser image. Mm-hmm. I don't expect to see anything from those guys soon. What was inside was 2016. Yeah, right? I think. Yes. And yeah. I think what was the the between Limbo and Inside, I think that was like five years, four years between the reveal, maybe. I I, I don't think those guys are in a rush. I, I don't think we're gonna see anything oh, wow. at E3. Uh but we'll see. I don't know. Like in the I you guys remember the inside trailer that they showed? It was really oh, yeah. ethereal and creepy. And that ended oh, up yeah. being like mm-hmm. the year that they showed that, I guess it was two thousand fifteen. That ended up being like a highlight for me just because I love limbo so much. Yeah. So I I'd I'd like to see like just something in motion you know what i mean like we've seen concept art let's kind of see something in motion but i, yeah, I don't think so i don't think we're going to see anything this year I'd, yeah. I'd love to be wrong i would i will happily be wrong about that but yeah <laughs> I, I, I that game was i think one of the only games that i've like immediately restarted as soon as i played through it oh it's it just it was just so good i mean especially separated from it a couple years now i i I am confident saying i I think that's one of the best games ever made Mm -hmm. like honestly like seriously (laughs) yeah so it's uh, it's the game i want to show to people who don't play games that's what that yeah this game i had a i had a friend that uh i just i kept telling him over the last year so i said you you need to play it just try it once i'm not gonna tell you a single thing about it just trust me he played it and he texted me that night and he said he he started it again as well and said it's one of the best games i've ever played Good. So good. right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can agree more. Sorry, Carrington. I didn't mean to uh, step in front of you there. Oh, that's okay. Um, kind of forgot my question now, but that's well, okay. <laughs> I got one. Uh, <laughs> do you expect that there's going to be any announcement uh, about Borderlands 3? I know there's been some uh, conversation about whether or not that's actually going to come out this year, as far as not the game itself, but as far as E3 news. And I don't know, man. Like, because there was even that thing, was it 2K announced? some kind of big title got delayed and everyone's speculating that it might be Borderlands three. And, uh, and then the sort of, uh, I don't know. I like, I was super confident that it was going to be there like a week ago. I was like, Oh yeah, we'll totally see Borderlands three, but now I'm not so sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I, I'm not a big Borderlands fan. Oh, that hurt a little. And, and I was happy to put it down when I was done. I, it's cool. I, I, I like them fine, but two, I, I didn't click with me. I, it's it's not like on my highly anticipated list, you know. So mm. we'll see. Sorry, sorry to disappoint everybody. Uh, no, it's like the first one was just kind of yeah. It was it's you know a neat experience. It had some cool features, but dude, two and I know character feels the same way. Two was like a mm-hmm. life changing experience for me. Really? Okay. Wow. No, it's like no, yeah, it is like yeah. a. a quote my you know, milestone games like it's it is one of my milestone games and like and i include that in the list with ocarina of time actually incidentally being my first so yeah 
and to be clear, like I certainly don't think it's a bad game or anything. It's just not the one that clicks with me. I don't really like loot games that much, and that was mm-hmm. definitely like a gotcha. like a loot heavy game. So it's just it's more mm-hmm. of like a genre thing. It's like eh, it's not really my thing per se. You know, I like the gotcha. humor. I like the art though. You know, for sure. I'm looking forward to Last of Us too. Also, that'll be awesome. That's that's another game that was just uh, what a way to send out the PS3. I mean, you know, as far as right at the end of the the generation, that was incredible. Yeah, it's hard not to be excited. I don't know who's not excited for that game. So <laughs> true. So true. Any chance we'll see FIFA? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. All right, I think that pretty much covers everything. The last question we have on here is. Uh, what are you currently playing? Oh, sure. Um, I'm still making my way through Nino Cooney 2. Okay. Which is weird because I, I'm 30 hours into it and I, I'm still, for some reason, I'll play it and be like, I don't know if I'm going to finish this. Like every mm. time I play it, eh, I don't know. We'll see. But I'm like, I'm like 70% through that game. Like I just, I should give it up and just say, like, you're going to finish this. <laughs> like, but, no going outside. Yeah. You're going to go sit down and finish the game. Yeah. Uh, but that, that's kind of the main thing. And then uh, God of War, I finished, which is great. Uh, that's probably my game of the year so far. Oh. Um, and then I, uh, I'll probably have a review on the site tomorrow. I played, um, it's a game called Far Lone Sales. I don't know if you guys have heard of this. Um, I wasn't even really super familiar with it until I uh, was on the review. But um, if you like Inside, it, it, it definitely has some like Inside flavor to it. Uh, Kyle's literally already playing it then. I guarantee you right now he's like downloading it. Yeah, it came out like, uh, the day that we're recording this. Uh, like It came out today. And I liked it. Like the review will be on the site tomorrow. It's it's very cool. It is definitely in that genre of like limbo inside little nightmares. Mm-hmm. It's kind of it, it's it's de- it definitely has its own I- identity in a big way uh, because the the mechanic of the game is like you're you know you're moving from left to right on a sort of a two D plane like like inside like limbo, but what you're doing is it's not it's not entirely a puzzle platformer. You actually have this giant vehicle that you're that you're sort of driving in that direction and you have to like maintain it you have to kind of put fuel in it and then like you'll hit these barriers uh where you have to solve a puzzle to like open the door so you can keep going and it's really creepy and it's very mysterious and there's no text story to it and and in that way it's kind of reminiscent of inside and uh it's cool it's one of those games that i I didn't know a lot about and it really surprised me so i would I, i if you like inside i would definitely check out it's called far colon lone sales it's it's very interesting what platform is it on? Uh, it's on PC. I think it's coming to PS4 and Xbox One okay. at some point. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that's what I'm playing. I also I finished up Tropical Freeze again after yeah. playing it on Wii U, so I, I like that game a lot. So yeah, that's that's basically what I'm playing right now. Very nice. A lot of fun stuff. Well, that's that's pretty much all that I had. Andrew Carrington, do you guys have anything else you wanted to throw in there? Hmm. All right. No, thanks. So. <laughs> I'm good. No, I'm good. I this has been great. Yeah, yeah thanks man. so much for having me. Thank you and, very much. And uh, even though this is, you know, other people listening to this won't care about this a- aspect of it at all. I'm sorry that I was so late on oh, no. my emails. Oh, no. the, the other thing that we did is we, you guys uh, set me a time, and I, I interpreted it as Central Time when you went Eastern Time. So I was like even an hour late. <laughs> you're, you're you're good. All right, Thanks for being patient with me, guys. I, I appreciate it. No worries. We're glad no uh, that we had you on. Hopefully, I mean, you know, down the road, we'll cross paths or you come back on whenever you want. Yeah, um, go ahead and email me tomorrow, and then I, I'll be on. <laughs> we'll have you on in two years. Nice. <laughs> it's a plan. Yeah. Um, well, cool. right. Thanks so much for having me, guys. It was fun. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay.
problem. Thank you. Have a good day. The Home Depot has very good news for your lawn. It's called Scott's Thicker Lawn, right now from only $19.98 a bag. Thicker Lawn is a three-in-one mixture of seed, fertilizer, and soil improver, perfectly formulated for thicker lawns and happier lawn owners. So spread the word for up to a 50% thicker lawn after just one application. Today is the day for doing with Scott's Thicker Lawn from only $19.98 a bag. Now at the Home Depot, more saving, more doing. Selection varies by store. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's what, man. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. 
That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.